the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. I'm doing well. It's good. Yeah, I, I feel like every show we add another thing. We exactly. Get, we figure out, okay, like last show, what are we missing? Um, we should probably talk about how um, last show took, almost caused me to have a stroke. We did, a, we, did, we did like soft launch the relationship of this podcast. Like, you know, the last episode was just like the, the Instagram story of you holding someone's hand but no faces. This one seems to be more of like silhouette couples picture, and now we're doing. And then on Thursday we'll do the full Taylor Swift, uh, the full Travis Taylor Swift, Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, all that. But yes, Rachel. Um, so just a little peek behind the scenes. It took Rachel, I believe, seven hours. Yep. To edit our last episode, um, unbeknownst to me, uh, you know, I, I just waltzed home. Thought I was like, all right, you know, the Friday we recorded on a Friday, so like Friday night everything's we're feeling right and then i get a text from rachel like at 9 p.m being like i'm still editing uh very interesting rachel why don't you tell us exactly what happened there yeah so we're obviously starting new cameras and everything so we've got new software that's helping us make like the cuts and just easier for us to kind of get it out Mm -hmm. more quickly right and so i got the actual editing part done because that part was like it was pretty easy but then I tried to export the hour-long podcast video, and my computer basically said, nope, you will not be doing that in the settings that I wanted to export it as. So then I texted somebody who does this for a living, and he was like, oh yeah, my computer's $10,000. And I was like, okay, I'm not buying a $10,000 computer for this. So we figured out other settings um, that I could export it as, and I was exporting other videos in those settings too. I just kind of thought it would be cooler, but alas, we got the YouTube video up and it did take me 10 hours, but it's not going to take me 10 hours now because I saved it as a preset so that I don't have a stroke anymore and I don't eat nerd clusters for dinner. Mm-hmm. You would hope so. Um, all right, we also, uh, when we talk about sort of our soft launch here, um, we're getting closer into the hard launch and that we have a TikTok, maybe YouTube, we're, 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 we're doing, we're being hip with the kids, you know? We got an Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, make sure you follow us. We've got, uh, Corey is all mm-hmm. over it. Producer Connor is all over He's it. He's behind the camera in, in a rare appearance today. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's great. Uh, He's basically here to, to make sure that we don't mess everything up is... Absolutely. Because <laughs> we would. And also I'm trying to sit up straighter because I was lectured uh, by, my, by my boss about how I looked too chill in the last episode. So we're going to do that. Rachel, let's get started though. Um, I think it, it, would, it would probably be best I think, for us to lead with uh, Austin Matthews. I think we should lead there. He was just named first star of the week. Absolutely. I mean, look, six, uh, six goals, two games. Is that good? He, it's very good. Um, what I've noticed about Austin Matthews this year, as someone who's, you know, at the games, interviewing him and everything, is he is, uh, I think he's extra sassy. 
Boots on the ground. If uh, you boots could. on the ground. In the boots trenches, the as Ryan, as Ryan uh, Rashad would say at one point. The trenches. I'm in the trenches, uh, you know, and, and I thank me for my service on that. Um, but I've noticed that he's, he's, he's got the, he never didn't have his swagger, but he has more in the sense that like, he's being very sassy with us. I feel like he's being sassy with a certain member of the media. Well, no, because even <laughs> because even after, so obviously he had the Steve Simmons, like, yeah, I couldn't tell you, Steve, but like, even after last game, I think, and Mark Masters, who is the cream of the crop, incredible, lovely human being, you know, um, but he asked him something about like, you know, what is it, what is it like on a, like on a wraparound goal like that? Is it instinct or whatever? And Matthew's just like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, instinct. Yeah, like he just, but like he, he did it very, very sassily. And I think that kind of goes to show, like, or that, that sort of, um, I don't know, demonstrates the fact that he's back, you know? He was never, uh, like, look, he had 85 points in, like, 73 games or something last year. Like, that's that's the season that we get someone, like, a, you know, eight and a half, nine million dollar contract of free agency. Well, yeah, because over 82 games, like, yeah. that's 100 points. He had 40 goals, you know, all that. So it was very, he was, like, he was still very productive, but, like, considering he'd scored 60 and won the Heart and the Rocket and all that the year before... It was a little wishy-washy. Um, he's back now. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting 46%, which is it's absolutely... completely sustainable. Yeah, I mean, that's going to come down, so eventually there's going to be some level of cold streak or what have you, but the thing about it is you look where Austin Matthews is getting his opportunities. The side of the net goals that he scored, I think there's two of them, those are probably going to stop going in at some point. But the ones where he's right at the net front, picking up pucks or accepting passes and shifting his weight and really getting it in spots that the goalie's finding it difficult to get to, those are goals that are going to get scored all season. It's the ones where he's scoring at the side of the net that absolutely shouldn't be going in against university goaltenders, never mind National Hockey League goaltenders. And so I think you'll start to see those kind of dissipate, but... When you look at it, when he's in the inner slot or he's getting time to release the puck, mm -hmm. those are going to continue to go in all season. And I was talking to somebody who knows Austin really well in terms of how he trains, and this person just kind of said, it's amazing what happens when he's healthy. We don't really take into it, we don't take, or we took for granted last year just how hurt he was. Yeah. I mean, are we allowed to reveal any of that? Probably not. I feel like no, we yeah. shouldn't because, you know, privacy. Exactly. HIPAA, if you will. Yeah. Um, but he, let's just say that he was very, very hurt. Like, <laughs> to the point where I'm surprised he was playing, at least from the in, the, the information I was privy to. Um, and he's, like, he is healthy. Keith uh, said, he's like, look, Austin's come in, like, just more refreshed and healthy than I've seen in a very long time, that I've seen since I started coaching him. Um, and you can tell. Like, his last year... Uh, it's tough because, again, he was still a good player last year. He was still in... Sorry, Rachel just scrolled down her prep with her foot on, on her computer. And it totally threw me. What? The... You did it so casually. You just looked... Did it with eye contact. I don't know what's going on. Um, anyway. But he was like he was still very good. Like, But he's doing these little things now that I've noticed. And again, this is very eye test. You know, I could, I'm sure we could spout out his expected goals and everything. And, and they're Which great. are all very good. Which are all very yeah. good. Exactly. I mean, Dominating. Even though, you know, according to some people, he hasn't played his best games. So, you know, but... Um, but he, but like his 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 strength away from sort of an offensive standpoint is his ability to be a puck vacuum in that like Ooh. if you if you have if you have the puck and you're in with within a little bit of a vicinity from him I would say maybe like three four feet away from him like he's getting it whether it's along the boards whether it's in open ice his poke checks his his stick lifts 
his board battles where he goes in and he like these spin moves he uses in a board battle. He's like a Tasmanian devil. You know, like he's just like he'll go in for a board. It's like a top, like a Beyblade. Exactly, he looks like a Beyblade. He lets <laughs> it rip when he goes into the corner there. So like, exactly. You know, oh man, the amount of like I'm sure I have scars on my body from Beyblades back in the day. They were amazing. There um, was I went to school with somebody who got suspended over Beyblades, which is a ridiculous thing to be getting suspended about. Beyblades and Yu-Gi-Oh cards when we yeah, were in school. Exactly. Even, like we had Pokemon cards, but you couldn't you battle. Yeah, you know Yu-Gi-Oh cards though. Oh yeah, like it was. That was like, it was crazy. And like with Beyblades, it looked like, it was like the child version of like a cockfight. You know, where like, you have a bunch of people huddled around and they're like, kill them, kill them. (laughs) And me, and normally, you know, in like a back room with adults, that's like chickens fighting each other, dogs. But instead it was just like these two plastic tops, like in each other. Anyway, um, but like what I've noticed with him in board battles uh, is that a lot of players, they they go into a board battle and they just slam into another player and they try and separate them from the puck like that. What Matthews does is he goes in and then he spins. Stop doing it. <laughs> He's doing it with her foot. <laughs> and she gives me a wry look every time. It's not the content where he, that's behind a paywall, Rachel. Come on. It's our OnlyFans. Exactly. It's our Patreon tier. Um, no, but, uh, but like he, he does this spin move where he goes in and he like, and, and so the guy can't hit him or, or like he'll, it's hard to describe, but if you go watch it, it's it's remarkable. He's doing these little things that that he used to do, you know, when he was when he was at the top of his game, when he won that, when he had that heart year, even in his Calder year, he's still a rookie. That just weren't visible last year because of the limitations of his body, because it was he was a broken man trying to and and a broken man with like pat that was like you know held together with tape, whatever. Yeah, like he's being held together with like hockey tape and safety pins. And, yeah, and like friggin' dryer lint or whatever, and he was still and he was still scoring forty goals. Pretty remarkable. But this is like this we're we're watching a superstar behind his powers. He's returned to that the, Bo- the, the boogeyman the, mode. The disrespect, man, like oh. like that in, in the offseason, like just with the preseason rankings of, of certain people, like Like is Jack Hughes better than Austin Matthews? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. No, he's not a better goal scorer, so that's out. He's, he's also not a better two way player. Jack plays Jack is fantastic offensively. I think he's a better passer than Austin Matthews. Yes. But Jack doesn't have a two way game at all. Mm-hmm. Like zero none doesn't exist. And Jack hasn't had a forty goal season, a hundred point season. So to put Jack in the same tier as McKinnon and Dreisaitl. Obviously, McDavid's in a tier by himself. But Jack can't be in that tier. He's in, like, the Jason Robertson kind of tier, where he's just below where Matthews and McKinnon and Dreisaitl and Kale McCarr are, because you have to do it, one, in consecutive years, like, over a span mm-hmm. of time, and two, you've got to have a calling card, right? Matthews, when he's shooting the puck well, is a complete boogeyman. To be fair, Jack did score. He did have 43 goals last year. So, okay, so yeah. yeah. So he has a 40, and he got 99 points. Uh, but still not 100. And it's also one year. Yes, exactly. It's one year. So Jack comes back. So you're saying Jack Hughes bust, is what you're saying. No, I'm saying if he yeah. has another 40 goal season this year, then he's, then he's in that tier 100%. But to be in the off season, to be saying like, oh, this player's better than Matthews, and this player's better than Matthews. Every single player I heard that about doesn't have the two-way game that Matthews has. And yeah. doesn't even remotely have the goal scoring capability. That it's he has. a, uh, it's it's more of like a, sort of like a hipster pick kind of like it's like you know Matthews is very well known as being a very good player, and so it's like you know who I think I think Jack Hughes is better than Matthews. Like it's 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 one of those things where yeah. you'd be like oh I'm not like other girls I'm different you know I'm gonna say this but like it's uh, uh, which is he's yeah he's crazy. in boogeyman mode yeah. and 
Um, I think that that's something the Leafs are going to need. The other thing they're getting the benefit on right now is William Nylander has decided he's going to come out and show everybody he's worth the $10 million he's asked for. Mm-hmm. Because he is, I believe, four goals now in two, three, three goals, goals in two games. In two games. Um, but both, Bo- yeah. That first one, I mean, you know, we're not allowed to, not allowed to, to, to get too crazy on the podcast. But man, that one had me feeling some type of way. Uh, I'm getting a really weird look from from our producer behind <laughs> the behind the camera. He's Mike, don't go crazy with this one, so I won't. But man, like that that Nylander goal, the first one. Yeah. I, Keith said, look, that's first, that's world class. It was. He's one of the, and he's now being recognized in that tier like you were talking about. Like he, like, he is now being recognized with those elite wingers in the game where he can, he, he got 40 goals last year. That was a big sort of stepping stone for him. Honestly, if he keeps up this way with who he's playing with, um, with the opportunities on the power play, because the Leafs, like, and I know it's, the Leafs played... There were a couple power plays in, in their last game against Minnesota where they played PP1 for the entire two minutes. I don't hate that, honestly. Load up that power play, especially when you have someone like Colorado, right? You don't have a ton of forward depth. Play McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr, mm-hmm. uh, Nichushin. Like, just, just play them two minutes. Like, Ovechkin stays out two minutes. Yeah. You're not coming off. Sucks. Like, exactly. too bad. And to be, to be fair, Ovechkin's game is very stationary. Like, he just, he doesn't have to move very... <laughs> he skates from the top of the circle to the blue line, and to the top of the circle yeah. to the blue line. That's it. Exactly. That's the extent of his power play motion. <laughs> but he, uh, exactly, yeah. And all he does is just, like, sort of hover. And that's about it. And I, for a player, like, Ovechkin stands still a lot, I've noticed. Like, just from watching him. But anyway. When, um, you, when you're the greatest goal scorer of all time. You can time, do whatever you want. It works. saying anything. It works. So, whatever. Like, it's, it's fine. But... Nylander is like, he's on that level and with his, who he's playing with, with the power play opportunity he has, like, there's no, like, he could get 50. Absolutely. Yeah. And if he gets 50 in a contract year? Oh, boy. That goal he scored against Minnesota. Yeah, the first one. Oh, class, yeah. my goodness. That was art. It's, art. It's one of those goals that, like, elicits, like, an audible moan when you watch it, you know? You're like, oh. You're like, oh. Like, you I know? was, where, well, I was watching this game with a bunch of friends and... Just like, oh goodness. Yeah, I was I was watching it live. I was and, and like I was sitting next to my, my boss, Frank Getty, and both of us went, oh, whoa! <laughs> like it was it was one of those reactions. It was crazy. So now, Rachel, I have to tell you, like, let's say let's say he keeps up this type of production. Okay. You comfortable paying ten million dollars to feel the leaves? I don't think you can have four ten million dollar players. So do you lose William Nylander then? Uh, I think the answer is actually trading somebody else. And who would that be? Um, or what you do is you do something with John Tavares, and I'm not sure how that plays. That would break the room. No, 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 like you don't, you, you have to restructure, you can't restructure you can't deals. restructure deals, but yeah. like, It's not the NFL. You gotta do something where you can offset that. So you have to put Tavares in a role where he can be worth the 11 he's being paid. And in order to do that, I think he almost has to play with William Nylander. And so do you get rid of Mitch Marner? Do you trade, make other trades? Like that, I don't know. I think maybe nine, nine and a half is probably the sweet spot here with William Nylander. But if he puts up 50, He's not going for less than that. He's not going to go for less than ten million, and then you're really top heavy again. Now you have to see: is the cap going to go up? What's mm-hmm. it going to be? Because if you you still don't want five years from now four players taking up forty percent of your cap. 
Yes. Like, you don't want that. There's going to be other players. John Tavares' contract expires in two years. It's obviously not going to be another $10 million player. So the reality of the situation is, is you only have four players making this money for a year, two, two seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can you make that work? Or no, one season. Their contracts expire next year. They do, yeah. Yeah, so you only have it for one year. So I think you can probably make that work. Um, and I don't see... I see John Tavares remaining with the Leafs, oh, yeah. but in a significantly reduced sort of salary, like probably at 30% of the salary. Um, I think you can make it work for one year. I think you could because you've got Jake Muzzin, LTIR. You've got Matt Murray, LTIR. So you've got enough to sort of make something like that happen. It's just... It's tough. You just have to sort of like get rid of any luxury pieces. Like, it, like even though he you know, he scored like Cali Yarncrow, for example, to like what he brings for two point one million, I think he's making. You might have to, you know. You need that from Matthew Nyes and Fraser Minton. Exactly. And Nicholas Robertson. Yeah. That's what you need. Like you need those players to come in and be good. You need Topi Niemela to come in and replace TJ Brody's money or whoever else's money, right? You can't be paying Timothy Lilligren mm-hmm. three, four, five million bucks. You need somebody to come in who's going to push him. At this stage, Timothy Lilligren is not worth that. Let's be no. At right now, he is not. Um, but you've got a bottom pair that can't make more than the league minimum. Yeah. That's effectively... And you know what's good is, is Rachel, is that, uh, you know, let's say they need to re-sign Ilya Samsonov. Well, they might have another elite Russian goaltending prospect in the, uh, in the fold. Yeah, so I saw this this morning. You texted me hurriedly you text me anxiously being so, like have you seen this and i go yes so much so that i misspelled seen yes so yeah that that was where we were at so um yaroslav Askarov is kind of the best russian goalie prospect he gets mm-hmm. all the attention and rightfully so and then you've got jesper volstead who's a swedish goalie and he's yes. probably the best goalie prospect there is like I he's Askarov, even. yes or Askarov. Wow. Yeah, yes but he doesn't do push-ups or uh not push-ups Bench, bench presses with his net after victories. So. This is true. Ascarov is definitely... In the, my eyes, that's the tiebreaker. Like, that gets him... Um, okay. Yes. So, Archer Akiyama was a fourth-round pick. The Leafs signed him this past summer to an mm-hmm. entry-level deal and then loaned him back to Russia. Now, uh, I'm not sure, like, his agent... So, he's represented by Dan Milstein and Vlad Spector. Of course Because, he is. obviously... Yeah. Which means he's obviously a Leaf, mm-hmm. because that seems to be what... Or, or a Canuck, Or a seems, Canuck, yeah. yeah. One of the two. But you look at his numbers, and I wanted to pull it, and I don't... You know me. I hate comparisons. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate them. Because I think they're nonsense. But when you're running models, and I ran my model, mm-hmm. and his two closest comparisons are Igor Shosturkin and Ilya Sorokin. And the reason is, is so Akiyamov is in his 21-year-old season. Mm-hmm. In the KHL, with a team that isn't Ska or Ska, which yeah. Sorokin and Shosturkin played for. So he's playing for AK Bars Kazan. Mm-hmm. So far, he's 6-3-0 with a 9.37 save percentage and a 2.1 goals against. Goals against is a team stat. Mm-hmm. In his 21-year-old season, Igor Shosturkin had a 9.37 and a just below 1.7 goals against average playing for Ska. Which is like the class of the league. The class of the league. Yeah. In his 21-year-old season, Ilya Sorokin had a 9.42. So we're talking about a, like a goaltender who is being mentioned in the same breath as guys who are routinely in the conversation for the Vezda, mm-hmm. right? Askarov 
played in the K and then he came over to play in the AHL. So he might be a little bit further ahead in his development. His choice to come over, we're not really sure what the Akiyamov contract situation is other yeah, than no Toronto signed him and then loaned him back. Mm -hmm. So they do have his rights under the IHF rules. But that's something to look for. If you look at it, Russian goalies, Shosturkin drafted not in the first round. Mm -hmm. Sorokin drafted, I believe, in the fourth round. Yes. So it's, it's really Vasilevsky and Askarov who were earmarked from the get-go. Yeah. To you heard about them for a while leading into their draft. Exactly. And from what I understand, Shosturkin and Sorokin have all come from the same goalie school. Sergei Ivanov is in that, but he's smaller, like he's 5'10". Mm -hmm. Whereas Aktiyamov has also come from this goalie school. He's 6'2". Yes. Right? So I think that there's a chance. There's absolutely no guarantee he's going to turn out to be Shosturkin or Sorokin. In fact, there's no guarantee he plays in the NHL at all. But the fact that he's putting up these numbers... As young as he is, with the cast in front of him. Yeah, like, mm. he, the best player on his team is Vadim Shipashev. Yeah, oh, Vegas Golden Knights legend. Not Pavel Datsuk. Yeah, or, you know, Ilya Kovalchuk, or... Yeah. Uh, uh, Any number of... Radulov, or any of those guys, right? Like yeah, well, Radulov actually plays for Kazan this year. Oh! Yeah, he moved. Funnily enough, interesting. Okay. But he's not playing on a juggernaut yes. team, if you will. Yeah. He's playing on, like, instead of playing on, like, the Hurricanes of the KHL, he's playing on, like... The Blue Jackets? <laughs> no, not the Blue Jackets. Okay. He's playing on, like, the Wild. So a remarkably mid team. It's a, a very mid, like, okay. upper mid. They're going to mm -hmm. challenge. Like, they're, they're a good team. They'll make the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But he's just not getting enough love. No. No, it's Probably not because love. he's overplaying in Kazan, mm -hmm. which, like, you and I are not going to be going over to watch. David Alter, who covers the Leafs for the Hockey News, also probably not going to be doing he, that. He, David Alter can speak Russian, though. Did you know that? He what? He can speak Russian, yeah. So he, so any Leafs, any Russian Leafs around there, he knows what you're saying. If you're... How does David Alter know how to speak Russian? I, it beats me, man, but he does. Incredible. That is going to be... It's his, like, ace in the hole, kind of. Like, he's able to... Yeah, it's pretty That's... Cool. Okay, so he was definitely able to communicate with Mikheyev at the beginning, with like, Ozhaganov, with... Dude, like, Kuleman, Grabowski, like, way back in the day. Like, stuff like that, yeah. He actually... I remember him telling a story about how, like, he... <laughs> I think it was Kuleman and Grabowski were talking to each other in Russian about, like, oh, we don't want to do media today, and Alter was just like, oh, I know. Like, in Russian, the guy, and they're like, oh... Oh, okay, he knows. Like, our, our secret language has, has been cracked. Our secret language is actually not a secret anymore. Exactly. That's why you need to learn how to speak, like, the slang. If I want to speak Swedish, man. Like, I gotta start learning how to speak Swedish, because, like, everyone... Well, not maybe not as much anymore, now that, like, Engvall and, and Sandy... But there was a time where, like, there was, like, eight Swedes on the Leafs. Like, with Shalgren in there, too. And I was just like, man, I gotta, I gotta learn Swedish so I can communicate with these guys. They're mostly English now, I feel like. There's they're like, they're mostly, like, Canadian. Like, yeah. in, in, like, the Toronto area. And we speak that language. I, we do speak that language, we, yes. We call people waste utes and mans and whatnot. And what is a ute? You don't know? Oh, boy. What is a ute? On TikTok, there's a, well, it's, a, it's, it's like a Toronto, Toronto slang. Have you not? Have you not seen Toronto Slime? Oh no, no, no! Like this, I know, like the six and the. Oh boy! Oh God! What? Like what? Connor, she doesn't know. She doesn't know anything. Okay. You know the six? That's from like I'm... way back. I'm gonna show you a TikTok video after we record. That's gonna blow your mind. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> you are going to have a yeah. I've so. heard people say waste, but I never understand what that is. See, I'm still clearly back in like the olden times where we're. 
We're using like lettuce to refer to hair. The olden times, huh? Yeah, yeah. like the okay. good old days. Yeah. Um, okay, can we talk about how the NHL threw the San Jose Sharks into a volcano to start the year? We absolutely can. Okay. I'm going to read you San Jose's schedule to start the year. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, San Jose is uh, not supposed to be good. They're supposed to be very bad. Like, I, I, a lot of people, I believe us, even in our season previews, haven't finished in the last in the league. I believe... Really challenging for Yeah, them. we did. So, to start, they play Vegas, then the Avalanche, then the Canes, then the Bruins, then the Predators, then the Panthers, then the Lightning, then the Canes again. So... Have they, won, have they won yet? No. The, but Mackenzie Blackwood, hello, got traded to San Jose. And it took, I believe, till the 51st yes. Colorado shot in like the last minute of the game for them to tie the game. Yeah. They were getting outshot 52 to like, I want to say it was like 18. And Nathan McKinnon finished the game with 14 shots. 14. Their shot attempts were, it was, at one point it was like 118 to 49. <laughs> like when that, when that... Uh, oh my god, that's happened. like 84%. Now it's not just the it's not just the Sharks getting thrown to the Wolves, and I love how this app closed before, right when I had it pulled up, but the Blackhawks also are getting kind of manhandled Volcanoed. By, the, by the schedule, because yes, okay, so they started... Pittsburgh. They started with Pittsburgh, so whatever, and the, the Bruins were fine, and then, and then the... Montreal. The Habs. Now, tonight they have the Leafs, then next they have the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, the Bruins, the Golden Knights, the Coyotes. The Panthers, the Devils, the Lightning, the Panthers, the Lightning, the Predators, the Sabres, and then then the Blue Jackets offer a little bit of a break, and then it's the Leafs, the Blues, but then the Kraken, the Red Wings, the Jets, the Wild, the Predators, and then finally they have a bit of a, break, a breather with like with a stretch of like the Ducks, the Blues, the Caps, and they go right back on it with the Oilers. Oh my! Like that is brutal. They for that little stretch up until like American Thanksgiving, they play like they play the. They're gonna be in the Marianas Trench by American. That, Thanksgiving. That stretch of th- up until American Thanksgiving, they play the Golden Knights twice, the Leafs twice, the Leafs twice, the Lightning twice, the Panthers twice. The Avs. The, the Devils once, the Avs once, and the Bruins once. And they're, o- and they're only they're only sort of like like leeway in that regard is the Coyotes, but it's on the road at Mullet Arena, so the, and the Coyotes play very very well at Mullet Arena. So it's like like it is it, it's like these two these teams the league is throwing their the bad teams they just said and volcano they're like all right we want you guys to get even more first round picks next year like it's it's crazy yeah they're gonna and there's it's not a balanced schedule because of the different games you play but they'll play every team in the west and the east or the west they'll play every team in the east mm-hmm. twice home and home and then they'll play depending on division matchups they'll play the west more often but to start First of all, on an Eastern road trip, like if you look at what that did to the Canucks last year, it literally tanked their entire year. Yes. It tanked their entire year. And it's not like the Blackhawks had the expectations that the Canucks did going into last season, but oh my goodness. I mean, we talked about it last episode. Kudos to the NHL for getting Bedard in the big markets right off the hop. I will, I do have something to complain about though, Rachel. Oh no. Because of that. So. And I'm not gonna, I don't wanna sound like a boomer old, you know, the old uh, uh, journalist or whatever, but you talk about how the Blackhawks, they're, 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 they're PR loading Bedard. They had him mic'd up for his first thing. He's on the, he's on the, uh, the Pat McAfee show, like all that kind of stuff. 
We're in Toronto. It is literally the hockey mecca, like CBC semi cameras, CTV, yes. CP24. Like, this guy is gonna be all over Canadian media because exactly. they star Canadian. Now, we're recording, this, we're recording this on Monday, Monday afternoon. So, later tonight, the Toronto Maple Leafs will take on Connor Bedard for the first time. In his career. In his career. You didn't play preseason games. Only time he's in town this season. Exactly. You want to know who wasn't made available this morning for the media? Connor Bedard, along with all of the other Blackhawks. I, I was, thankfully I was tipped off before uh, in the morning that this wasn't going to happen because I didn't even bother going to morning skate this morning because of that. I don't think that should be allowed, frankly. It shouldn't. If you're skating, you should have to talk if you're asked. If you're not skating, you're not going to pull a player from the hotel because the media wants to talk to him. But Carter Bernard skating. Therefore, he should be available. But, and also, if you are Carter Bedard and it is your first game in Toronto, like, you should be talking to the media. McDavid did. Because here's the thing. And I don't think it's I don't think it's Connor Bedard that's doing it. It is. It's all his fault. <laughs> no. Uh, but it's, it's incumbent upon, like, when you have a star like this, they have to be treated differently. Yeah. Austin Matthews. At least in a media sense. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have to make them available. If I'm CBC or I'm CTV, I'm going right to the NHL and going, what the heck is this? Oh, yeah. You want this coverage. You want all of this. You want him on ESPN. You want him in the premier games. You don't even force your PR people to make him available? For five minutes. It's, it's a Not five even. Minute. It's two. It's like a... Maximum, it's like a three... Like five, maximum, it's a five-minute interview where he's surrounded by... And he will be asked... Normal questions, it, it, like he'll, he'll be like, "What's it like playing in this building for the first time?" That's a, but like, it's visibility. He's there, and it allows me to be able to write a story on it, and then get his name out even more. It's good PR for the Blackhawks, which they need desperately. Uh, you it's bet. PR for the league, it keeps their name in circulation. Instead, there was it's 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 crickets. The only thing I saw was Kevin McGrand from Toronto Star, a great guy, complaining about it, and on Twitter, and his thing was saying, "It's like like he's like, do, do they not want to be? Do they not want this league to be covered?" And to be fair. This has happened with the Habs earlier this year as well. You know, we're there on opening night. It's opening night. Which is, again, totally unacceptable. And there were a lot of the French media who were there as well. You know, and they were going, Sacre Bleu, why did we even come to the rink this morning? Like, it's, it was, the, this is, and this is a new thing this year. Right, and it's, it shouldn't be allowed. Like, that mm. shouldn't be a thing, we right? We got a job to do, man. And like, you I, want the league to grow. You want the league mm -hmm. to get coverage. The other thing is like, I'm saying it's purely selfishly. You're talking about the league growing. I'm, I'm saying it makes my job harder. From this I don't like this. I'm talking about it from this perspective. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the Chicago Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens. Two of probably the worst teams. Two original teams, 16s though. Two original 16s. Mm -hmm. Two of the worst teams in the league. No offense to anybody on Chicago or Montreal. Full offense. But I do not want to hear from anybody but Taylor Hall, Seth Jones, and Connor Bedard. Or Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and Tyler Toffoli. Mm -hmm. I don't care and to, to hear fair, from anybody else. So make those three available yeah. and call it a day. And you know what? If, they, if you think it's too much, get better players that we are interested in talking to. And to be fair, the Blackhawks practiced yesterday, I believe, in Toronto. So they, they did make Taylor Hall available yesterday. I'm not sure about Bedard. I didn't see any clips from it. But, like, the thing is, not everyone can go to practices. Like, not everyone, like, 
not everyone can go all the way out to Etobicoke to the practice facility on a Sunday when they have other stuff to do. Like, for example, like I'm an NHL writer. I go league-wide. It just happens to be I'm in Toronto. So the, so where the Leafs are, are like, it's like the hub of where I get all the players coming in so I can interview them and write stories and do my job. And You're not the only one. And Charlie not be homeless. Here. Yes. Chris Johnston is here. Darren Dreger is exactly. here. You know, Elliot like, Friedman's here. Elliot Friedman, a, Jeff not, Merrick, like all of the big, whether you like it or not, Kevin Weeks has a place here. So every single insider, pretty much. They're going to go to a practice on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, first of all, football's on, NFL, mm -hmm. and that trumps any NHL-related stories unless, like, somebody falls out of a plane or mm -hmm. something. Like, if you want the league to grow, which I... I why are we even having this discussion considering we had to have the Pride tape discussion last week? Yes. Like, this is... Where's the dog? Oh, yeah. This is not fine. You can't do this. You have this guy mic'd up, you have him on the Pat McAfee show getting all his attention, and then less than a week later, he's not being made available to the media? You gotta be kidding. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Joke. Connor McDavid talks every day. Jack yeah. Hughes talks every day. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner talk every single day. To be fair, uh, um, and, and this, is, this is a ridiculous thing, is that Lou Amorello, for, like for their first year, for Matthews and Marner's first year, he didn't let them be interviewed on camera. That's a Lou thing. That's a Lou thing, but it's also ridiculous. But if you're going to let Connor Bedard go on the Pat McAfee show and be mic'd up for ESPN, you can't say it applies here and it doesn't apply here. At least with Lou, he's consistent. No, across the board, mm -hmm. right? You can't say yes here and no here, and especially when you're in the two biggest hockey markets in Montreal and Toronto for a Canadian, and it's a Canadian superstar. It is mm -hmm. totally unacceptable, and the NHL should tell Chicago, this is not okay. It does not. And tell the Habs, too. Like, it, like it's... It, it's a joke. Now, to... <laughs> In fairness, Montreal's media has no issues taking Montreal, the, the organization, to task. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that'll take care of itself. Like, whoever, I think it's Chantal is her name, runs Montreal PR, like, that's going to get rectified because that's just not going to work. So I think when you have, it's just a different sort of vibe. But, like, imagine Connor Bedard goes, like, at the, at the World Juniors. He was, was available every single I day. I like, him every day. Every single day. I saw more of Connor Bedard than I saw of, like, my family through the Christmas holidays because I was in Halifax interviewing Connor Bedard every day. Right, and so it's, like, it's not like, why, hard. Why am I able to get, why am I able to talk to this phenom here, like, like, why am I able to get better access to him here than I am, you know, when, when he's the star of an original six major market? Like, it blows my mind. He's representing his country here in, like, the biggest sort of hockey event on the calendar and I'm able to I'm able to talk to him and, and do whatever and then when he comes here it's like oh no we gotta hide him behind closed doors yeah it's and you know what he's gonna have to do like a warm-up interview or a pre-game interview and I saw well he'll do a bench interview where they'll be like how's it feel like, yeah oh, it's good and that's it's it ridiculous like, yeah. like he's gonna have to do media tonight mm -hmm. because he's once again there is nobody on the Blackhawks worth talking to but then if he does meet it tonight and if they get freaking blown out then we already know that he he like gives himself 10 lashings after <laughs> every loss like it's not like he's going to be super chatty like it's the reason why players talk at morning skate is because they're like they're fresh they're more amenable to it they didn't just come off either a victory or a loss they're not exhausted yeah they're, they're just chilling they're just chilling in the morning chilling. and they're able to preview a game and they're more like after for example i'll give you an example 
I was going to end up, the Wild didn't make very many people available on, on Saturday, so it kind of screwed my thing, but I was going to write a, a, a column about, you know, the legend of Ryan Reeves, and I was going to talk to a bunch of guys on the Wild about, you know, like, oh, uh, uh, give me some Ryan Reeves stories, just to see his quirks, because he's a big, and this will move into our next segment, which is great, but this will, uh, uh, it, gives, it gives some sort of in, unique insight, because he's, you know, he's a polarizing guy, like him or hate him, you know, whether he's good or bad, if you think. He's a very interesting person to talk to, talk to and hear about. Uh, people have stories about Absolutely. Him. Um, and... He's the perfect personality for Toronto, by the way. Like, exactly. The, and Chicago hey, should have somebody like Ryan Reeves to just Nick, Nick Foligno. Uh, <laughs> but, and so I'm like, oh, well, I guess I could talk to him after the game. The only thing is, Ryan Reeves freaking clocked a dude, then got into a fight with, uh... Marcus Foligno. Then got into a fight with Marcus Foligno after the game. So, so I feel like if I go into the if I go into the Wilds dressing room after they got ripped by their coach as well, and I and I ask, hey, can you tell me a funny story about Ryan Reeves? They go like, hey, here's this here's a, a trash can. You gotta either hop in there yourself, or we'll stuff you in. <laughs> And, and they would be they would be completely in the right to treat me that way. So just make your players available. It is not hard. It is so easy. They make millions of dollars a year, mm. and you know what? If you want them to make more, the easiest way to do that is to market them so that the league becomes more valuable, and then they can make more money. This is not yeah. rocket science. You do not need a PhD in quantum physics to figure this out. Now this is this is not Ryan Rashad going after Al Montoya for not talking to him on the 90s, uh, the morning of the 90s started. No, this Boys is me talk. going, why are you holding the league back? Yeah. Um, and I used to make fun of people who had these had these concerns because I go, ah, it's a no big deal, you're a reporter. But then I became one and I realized, oh, maybe they have a point. So this is being, this is being Mike's boomer corner um, <laughs> where I complain about, where I, a 27 year old young boy, uh, complain about things that I used to make fun of 50 year olds for complaining about. See, so I'm not even complaining about that because I'm not a reporter. I am purely saying you want the salary cap to grow up, you want to grow the game. Market your superstars. Mm -hmm. This is, especially in this city. Absolutely. Whether you like it or not, Connor Bernard is getting more attention when he comes to Toronto than when he goes to St. Louis. That is just, those are the rules because that's how things work. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Ryan Reeves. Speaking of superstars, Ryan Reeves. Man, he is the Uncle's Union of Ontario, is like the president of his fan club. Let me just say, he has been, and I know, and, and we will get into the, the Twitter war that was waged over him on Sunday, which by oh. the way, if you spent, and I tweeted this, but if you, I'm gonna look right down the camera here. If you spent, if you, if you, uh, if you spent Sunday, a, a nice Sunday with NFL football and everything, talk like complaining about Ryan Reeves on Twitter after your superstar just scored back-to-back hat-tricks, you had 13 combined goals in your first two games, and, and everyone else is playing well, you need psychiatric help. You need to check yourself into an institution because you don't, you, or you either need to get hobbies because you don't have enough going on in your life. Yes, Ryan Reeves' expected goals weren't super great, and again, I fall more and more into the boomer trap every every. He also every, has like a day. 75 PDO, so just yes, like chill. But, you like the Leafs legitimately played better after that fight. They no, they actually they did. did. Like, there, was a, there was a tangible, a quantifiable uptick in their production. Their after expected that fight. goals went like that. Their I mean, actual goals went like that. Yeah. They scored seven goals after that happened. It was like, like you know, it's and it, this is and it was the exact same with this fight with with, with Arbor Jacki. Like it, listen. He gets it. Like he actually gets. There is a it. role that he plays, and he plays it to perfection. His role is not to, you could even argue his role is not to be a good hockey player. 
No. Because I'm gonna be, look, he's not, like, I mean, is he good compared to, like, everyone on this earth? Yes, yes. he's in the top 0.1%. Absolutely. Is he good to, like, the other players he's facing on that night? No. no. But... Outshot, he gets outchanced. Yes. But he... Clearly, players in the room value him, because Austin Matthews gets a hat trick, William Elander gets a few goals... With one that, that, you know, like... Was disgusting. Yes, he's going to be responsible and for the next baby boom in Toronto. Tor- and, and, and the Toronto locker room said, no, Ryan Reeves is getting the belt, because of what he brings to the team. And so, yeah, you might not like it, mm-hmm. but I'd rather have that than like a Wayne Simmons, unfortunately, who couldn't even do the role that Ryan Reeves was doing. In his later years, at least. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, Before, Wayne Simmons, oh my was, Wayne Simmons was Ryan Reeves, but like with 30 goal oh, output. Prime Wayne Simmons oh God, would it. be, he basically was new age Wendell Clark. Yeah, like, he was incredible. remarkable. We need to talk about something that's happening in Buffalo, though, to finish off the show. let's do it. Zach Benson inexplicably slipped out of the top ten. Zach Benson, in in ways that you will describe now, is literally the the anti-Ryan Reeves in that he is small. He's a small. He's small, he doesn't fight, and his expected goals are incredible. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm gonna gonna give you a Why don't you give me some numbers? I'm gonna give you a graph. Okay, oh, all right. When Zach Benson is on the ice, the Buffalo Sabres expected goals percentage, 68%. Is it 68 point something? I don't have that off okay, the top so of it. I just remember if we could round up. It would be nice. It would be great. It would be yeah. nice if we could round mm-hmm. up. The Buffalo Sabres as a team's expected goals for percentage when Zach Benson is not on the ice. What is it? 29. Does that mean they're just not good? Like... Because he, Zach Benson... Also, Victor Olofsson is playing more than Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck for some weird, weird reason. I have no idea. But Zach Benson gets drafted, and it is exceedingly rare that anyone who's drafted... Is this all strengths or 5-on-5? 5-on-5. Okay. So, when a player is drafted, usually first and second overall, they make the team right out of camp. Mm -hmm. It is extraordinarily rare that a non-top-10 pick will make the club in his first training camp. Zach Benson, Don Bernardo said, he effectively forced their hand, which goes to say there were so many people, myself, elite prospects, Chase McCallum, Byron Bader, were screaming at the draft, this kid needs to go in the top five. Has to go in the top five. He's got to go in the top five. He falls, I think, to like 13. Vancouver boy, the Canucks pass on him. Uh, Arizona passes on him. Like Montreal passes on him. They they pass on him. I mean, well, they took Beach so they that's fine. Yeah. Detroit passed on him, and this kid is already making a huge impact for an upstart kind of team that's fighting for the playoffs, and he looks fantastic. Sure does. So it's like, okay, what are we doing here? It's not like he got that much better over the summer that, like, this is new information. It's Buffalo saw his data, saw his scoring. Like, if you look at Zach Benson, I believe he finished fifth in WHL scoring last year behind, obviously, Connor Bedard. Mm -hmm. But he finished ahead of guys who were drafted last season. Mm Mm-hmm. And then finished ahead of guys who were drafted ahead of him. And I'm like, okay, so you didn't take him because he's small? That's, I think it's, that basically comes down, unless he's like a crazy person off the ice. If they send him back to junior. They won't. He got two assists. He is going to 
actually tear apart the WHL. Like, he is going to rip that thing limb from limb. In their last game, Zach Benson played 15 minutes. Yeah, like, he's not and going And he had back. two assists. He's, he's on the team. He's yeah, he's, he's, it's incredible. And, I mean, it's a kudo to him, but also kudos to the Sabres, because they consistently, if you look at their draft picks, Yuri Kulik, Matthew Savoy, the first-round picks, like, don't really count. Mm-hmm. Zach Benson slid to them. Kevin Adams couldn't get to the stage fast enough. Yeah to draft Zach Benson. Like, usually they tell teams, take your three minutes to put your pick in. Buffalo was like, no! No, we're it. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. They had his name on the back and everything. Like, they were like, this is not a discussion. Like, mm-hmm. they couldn't believe he got there. And Kevin Adams said that. They were like, we couldn't believe he was there. And I know a few teams had him in the top five. Evidently, none of them were the teams that need talent. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then you just look at it, and he's already having an impact for the Sabres, clearly, because they're a garbage pile with him off the ice. Now I think that's going to change. But they're fantastic with him on the ice. And I think once Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck start playing more, then you've got Zach Benson, you've got Dylan Cousins. You can kind of... Dylan Cousins has done nothing so far. Exactly. Like, they all need to sort of find where Great they're going here. Great fantasy. I love that. But this guy came roaring out of the mm-hmm. gate. Like, roaring out of the gate. Guy said, I'm here. I'm the little train that could. Whatever that book is. And yeah. he's... It's a little engine that could. Okay, whatever. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. That's, yeah, that's great. Can I'm you tell good. I didn't read... Like, I was a big train kid. Like, I, like as a oh, kid. Oh, I was a as huge kid. train kid, but all in German. No, like, <laughs> I was, I was like, Thomas the Tank Engine. Like, I had the little setup in the basement where I would be like, choo-choo. Okay, who's your favorite yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine character? <laughs> Percy? Percy. Percy or, um... Or, I picked or, that right up. Or James. I liked James, too. Although, there was a, uh, uh there, there was a, uh, like a, a garbage, or a gravel cart called Rusty. Rusty, and yep. And they, and they literally pulled him apart. Like, cause he was the villain, and they, and so to get back at him, they, like, attached cables at both ends, and, and they, like, he was like, I'm coming apart, I'm coming, and they, yeah. That was traumatic. Anyway. I um, loved Thomas the Tank. Oh, it was great. The movie scared me. Oh, the one the, the, starring Alec Baldwin. Yes, yeah. I remember that movie. I yeah. watched that movie they like a thousand times. They had a big train with like a claw on it. Yeah, that scared the crap out of me. Oh yeah, that yeah. was not. I, I, I think thought I, the claw was gonna get. There was, and then there was Henry. He was always yeah. sad. He was. Gordon was always grumpy. And what I love too is is there like the only human character was the the person who runs the train yard. You don't know. You want to know what that that guy's name was? Sir Topham Hat. Yeah. It was. They call for. They changed it to Sir Topham Hat. After a while, because you know what his original name was, oh, or most of the time no. that I it, it was the Fat Controller. <gasps> that was his character name. <gasps> okay, that would not fly. Yeah. In so they changed it to Sir Topham Hat. Which is because he was wearing a top hat, but he was also he was the Fat Controller. So Thomas the Tank so until the liberal media took down Thomas the Tank Engine you in know, like, 1993. Yeah, it reminds me of in Star Wars in the last scene, they were going to go bomb the Death Star, and there was one guy, he's like, Porkins, you know, calling in, and it was supposed to be like a pig sort of alien, but they didn't, they couldn't afford the, the prosthetics dance, so they just got a fat guy. <laughs> 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 and it was Porkins. And um, on that note. And on that note, that's the end of the show. We'll be back on Thursday with mics and, and everything, um, and it'll be lovely, but Rachel, uh, do you want to leave our listeners and our viewers with anything uh, before we leave? Hit us up on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, we'll have like shorts, Mike's Meals for One. Now that we have lighting and stuff, it's gonna get filmed mm-hmm. in our studio. We're gonna do Chell24 content because I have not 
ever played NHL. So this is gonna be fun. Um, but yeah, subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on TikTok. There's, there's a lot of great stuff there and we will see you later this week.